Are you a sheep? No. You're a dragon. Be a dragon. This is for all the girls who grew up without strong geek role models to help them discover their geek dreams. For everyone who's ever been quizzed about their video game knowledge because girls don't play, girls games. Don't play games. Geek Hearing is working to bring female identifying geeks into their prime to be the role models, dreams and voices. Are you ready for this? Welcome to Geek Herring, a critical geek culture podcast where we talk the good and the bad parts of being a chick in a male-dominated environment. Hi, I'm your host, Amanda, and with me is my awesome co-host, Monica. Hey, hey, Monica! Jesus, what is happening? <laughs> you went full-on, full-on presentator mode, presentation mode. It's awesome. Hi, Amanda! Nice to see you again. Nice to see you too. Today we are recapping January's Geek Girl in the News. Yay. This is and continues to be one of my favorite show topics that we do, Monica. I really enjoy it because it, also, it makes me read things. Yeah, it makes me look at the news because I tend to avoid the news and I have for a long time because I am like super sensitive and I cry easily when it comes to like the state of our world so I tried not to think about it which is probably not good either but <laughs> I find it in general really difficult I think important news will find its way to me but people should read more news and not bash news as some people do constantly mm -hmm. but I think it's really since we're really specific that makes it really special to me like yeah specifically geek news and I I do follow some newspapers with their techie Twitter feeds and stuff, so I get my German news fix on tech stuff occasionally, but it's just something different when you can just pick and choose whatever you like to hear and see and what's going on and who messes with whom and where is the next drama going on because drama is life for some people. <laughs> Speaking of drama... Our first article is probably one of the most dramatic things I have read on the internet in the past few weeks. I'm still not sure what to think of this, all of this. It's so weird. So we're talking about how an Overwatch pro quits over harassment over whether she was really playing. Yeah. And you will think that, we, that you know what's going on when you read that headline, but... Do you really? This has, story has gotten so convoluted and so complex. Okay, so here's what happened. At the beginning of the month, Second Wind, which was a team competing in the Overwatch League's official minor league, they added a player by the name of Ellie around mid-December to their team. So people were asking, who is Ellie? There was no last name and people got a bit crazy and started with their conspiracy theories yeah. and they got suspicious because their account level was low but she was recruited by the league which doesn't make sense because usually you have quite a high account level to be playing on overwatch but apparently she was really really good so yeah. and they were looking for players and so she kind of got onto the team yeah and then controversy spiked at the beginning of the month of January when 
she quit the league because people um, were threatening her. Basically, they questioned her entire identity, whether she even existed. They questioned whether a woman could even be playing professional Overwatch. And they threatened to dox her. And Monica, for those that don't know, what is doxing? Doxing, I even had to look it up because I had no idea. Doxing is basically um, trying to find out who the person is by whatever means. Like trying to find out private information about the person and public, public, make them public online. So since then, that was no last name and no surname. They got all really suspicious. They have like, you have no idea what I found. eh? (laughs) It was an entire, uh, like, you know, that mind map of things, what's happening, who's in the middle, like in the middle is Ellie and who did she talk to and and who, where did you see her? It was really crazy when I found it. I was like, people, do you have nothing else to do than trying to figure that shit out? And then apparently someone really tried to... uh, like threatened her to figure out who she is and public publish it online because they wanted to know so bad if she was an actual person, if she really existed or what was going on. And the thing is, it might sound not as finding, wanting to find out who a person is. I don't personally think that it's a a legitimate thing to do when, especially in the league that you always know who the people are. Like they always know they know the first and last names of the of the person. They do it professionally, so that there is an, a legit interest always in people to find out who the players are. But to make their information public without their consent and to try and basically stalk their asses um, is what is what doxing uh, entails yes. for me personally. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, they did threaten to, to dox her, and then she quit the team. But yeah. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Not too long after this and an entire Reddit theme about the Ellie conspiracy, a very well-known male player called Punisher stated that he is actually Ellie and that he created the character or created this account and this persona as a social experiment. So now I'm sitting here thinking, what the hell, man? And I don't know, I'm like, so on the one hand, for me, this does fuel this. I want to know who the person behind this is, right? Because now the community of Overwatch League watchers feel a bit fucked with because someone basically um, pretended to be someone that they're not or didn't, um, um, didn't, weren't honest about who they were. So for me, since they didn't, so that they wanted to know, they were really suspicious. Um, and then it turns out that the person they were suspicious about wasn't actually the person that everyone thought that uh, they, she was, which just fuels the conspiracy theory, right? So that's just like, if you hadn't done that in the first place, a lot of people wouldn't have started to be suspicious and started to be super fucking asshats. Yeah. But then again... It's up to the person if they decide if they want to go public with their private persona. And my question in all of this is, is that something that would have happened if you had a character that had a male name but didn't give away more information? Yeah, would they, would they really go to all this trouble and investigation to figure out the bottom of, of who, who's behind that character? Yeah. Like, your gender doesn't matter. As we say, like, if you're good at something, you're good at it regardless of your bits, right? Yeah. Like, a good player is a good player. 
Yeah. And it doesn't matter. It can be a girl. And I watched the person who revealed that this, that, that Punisher is actually Ellie, um, was a female streamer. She was a female Overwatch player. So she was friends with Punisher and he told her and everything. So she's an actual female Overwatch player. So they are out there and they're good at what they're doing. So it shouldn't matter. And it doesn't matter what gender they have, just that they're good players. Mm-hmm. But apparently, they still do feel really, really unwelcome. Yeah. So I would be quite curious as to, you know, if this Ellie, if if it was Punisher and what the purpose of the social experiment was, was it for him to find out like what actually does a female gamer go through on a daily basis? Is it, you know, some guy trying to like get some extra PR or some extra exposure at like based on the controversy that this is going to have like is it like what was what was the reasoning behind it or was it just like just for shits and giggles you know I, yeah I don't I don't I my personal feeling a bit is that he started it for shits and giggles and it got really uncomfortable now like I think that he probably noticed that it's not funny to be in that situation. Mm-hmm. And also, I don't think that now, even after releasing that it was him, that the community is very excited about this. Yeah. Like, I don't think they appreciate that social experiment. Mm-mm. Even though I do think if he did it for trying to see it from a girl's point of view, I think that's the only way you can actually experience it. That's not, I'm not encouraging people to make up fake accounts because it was always, um, I always think that it's not worth it in whatever regard. It's not worth it to make up a fake dating account. I don't think it's worth it to make up a fake gaming account because you are you. Yeah. And like we always say, like, no one else can be you. Yeah. I mean, there are various reasons why this could have been interesting seriously interesting as a social experiment but also now that second wind like the the team they had to it's difficult for them because they didn't vet their players right Mm -hmm. so um enough and they got into criticism because they didn't protect her enough or did they do enough to protect her and all is basically going down in a really short amount of time like from around the 22nd that they recruited her and then on the 2nd of January or something she already quits again so it's like a really short amount of time where a lot of shit was happening in a really condensed form so it's difficult it's like everything that's bad about toxic gaming all in a three-week period over Christmas and New Year's why the hell not yeah well that's when everybody's off work right so they've got the most time to be toxic <laughs> probably so yeah um it would be cool if the article the article said states that even in a game as ostensibly inclusive as overwatch a woman can't just be a player which is difficult i think and it's basically what sums up everything that apparently a shitstorm started because people because it was a female name that that pulled a lot of interest from a lot of probably male gamers who were thinking she can't be that good and then that started the entire entire avalanche of shit. But yeah, 
So this was a, it, it's a strange story. It's, it, there's a lot to it. What, what do you listeners think about this story? Like, are you buying this? Like, are, do you, do you believe that it's Punisher was, was playing Ellie? Do you think he was doing it for a social experiment? Or do you think that he's just claiming that he kind of has, like, that he's claiming it, but he wasn't actually it. But since no one's come forward, can anybody prove otherwise? I think Blizzard um, could check the accounts and everything. Oh, did they? Apparently it said something about their, con- like the, the team had second wind was in contact with Blizzard. And I mean, I guess through IP addresses, they could figure out that's the same IP. Sorry, I missed that part of the articles. The IP thing I totally made up because that's the only logical reason for me as to why they would have figured it out. But I know that they had contact with Blizzard. Hmm. Interesting. It's still a strange one and we'd love to know your thoughts on it. It is strange because I don't, I, I can't, I, I can't decide if I think it's a stupid move <laughs> or a smart move or an interesting experiment. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I do think that often men have think they know what's going on, but they don't because they don't experience it, it themselves. Mm-hmm. And when he was in that position of Ellie and when he was Ellie and was confronted with all of the shit that was coming, that's entirely different than seeing it from the outside. So I think it's interesting, but I do think that he started it for shits and giggles. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I can definitely see the point where now he actually kind of knows what it's like to be a female gamer mm-hmm. and to receive that criticism and, and threat. But then on the other side, I, I have this issue that because there aren't that many female players like playing professional, like Overwatch professionally, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, there is a female player now, but it's actually a male. Like yeah. It, it kind of undermines the whole, yay, there was a female player, like, up there getting professional recognition no it's not and like it never was i'm kind of in that like I, i'm torn between like yeah it was really awesome and like okay this kind of disappointing it is disappointing that it's not actually a girl mm-hmm. I, like i personally think that it's disappointing that it's not actually a girl because i wish there were more professional female gamers out there because didn't we have some article at some point, or I think I read something that they had, or Fortnite? Did they didn't Fortnite the female team stop competing because of so much harassment? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> I mean, we need more female gamers, right? In female professional gamers. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's sad that it has to be a guy again. Yeah, I but agree. also, yeah, it's a difficult role to be in. Also, if you're a woman, like if you're the you're the first like jesus yeah you're the trailblazing yeah yeah always of, always tricky it's always pressure mm-hmm. but that's why we kind of can move swiftly forward <laughs> to the next article that is also kind of a bummer <laughs> yeah so women and girls are less likely to be considered for rainy tasks a study says Apparently so. <laughs> so the Guardian released this article, basically that's saying that female students do better at school and are more likely to go to university than their male peers. So, like, that's pretty awesome. Yay, female students. But 
a more recent study revealed that females were still considered intellectually inferior, which means that we're considered to be less smart, less brainy than our male counterparts. Even though we do attend a lot of smart schools <laughs> yeah, and work hard for um, whatever it is that we're doing and what we're trying to achieve, but apparently society still thinks that we don't have the smarts. Yeah. So in these prejudices, they're not just in adults but they're seen in children as well which is really sad like that our children are believing these things like this is what feminism is fighting against you know that's also a testament to the fact that um gender is a construct mm. like this is a constructed through society's behavior socialization um so they did two different sorts of studies and also, it's not just to add, it's not just between adults and children, it's also between both sexes. So even the women, so of course, so as it said, it's, there are two studies, um, there was two studies done um, where they split the groups into groups, obviously, as they always do, because you have to test two different things at the same time. So they are, are important. Yeah. So they picked it randomly, as you do in scientific studies. And they asked the people to recommend a person for a specific job. And the job description for the one group was pretty general job description where they said that they, the job requires consistent effort. And the other group got a job description where it says something like they ask for brains. So you need to be smart to do the job that they were asking for. And they, the people should recommend two people for that they know for the job and turns out that women are less likely to be recommended for the job um, that requires brains than for the job that just requires consistent effort and the numbers were actually pretty devastating so the team found that women received 43 and a half of the referrals for a braining job sorry for a brainy job um with the odds of them being referred for a position 25.3% worse than when traits such as IQ were not mentioned. Like it's, I think that's a really high number. That's pretty high. And both men and women were less likely to recommend a woman for the brilliance job than the boring job. Meaning that people think that women are only good for meaning like, um, what's that word? Or like mindless jobs. You know, the ones that you don't have to think for. Yeah, it's pretty sad. Yeah. There's a word that I'm trying to think of that is just, it's not coming to my head. Meaning? I obviously wouldn't be picked for the brainy job right now. <laughs> <laughs> but just as if that thing never happens to guys. Right. And the problem that we mentioned at the beginning is not that is that it's not only an issue between, like, uh, like amongst adults, but also, they made an experience um, with kids as well. Like, that sounds really wrong. But, <laughs> but they did recreate the experiment with children um, in kind of kid more kid-friendly terms. So they asked the kids to pick teammates for a game with pictures of other children they didn't know. So half of those kids were told to pick whoever they like, and the other half were told that the teammate needs to be really clever. Yeah. And basically, usually, 
as you do in a very as of in a very young age the girls usually pick the girls when they needed the teammate to do something that they would really like but apparently same as with the previous study um when they were asked for something really really smart even the girls picked boys more often than they did pick girls mm-hmm. which is really sad that is really sad and the thing is that i think that's and even if you question how the study was was fulfilled if you're a proper scientist and then you know how to do stuff like this but i think it's already a sign as to how influential is that a word influential no how easily kids can be influenced by society's standards and norms yeah so even small kids kindergarten kids who don't who you would think don't haven't been around in this world for long enough to figure stuff like this out Still, how we treat each other and how men and women treat each other and how society treats men and speaks of men and speaks of women, that influences the kids from day zero, basically. Yeah, pretty much. So Dame Athene Donald, who is a professor of experimental physics at the University of Cambridge, she said that this widespread bias against wisdom is dispiriting. This study should be a wake-up call to our society to change our thinking and how we pass on these biases in our daily lives to the next generation. Here, here. Here, here. Here, here. So to combat this, we need to be building up our young girls and encouraging them that they are smart, that they are capable, and that they have brains and brilliance to move on and succeed in this world. Exactly. I generally think it takes not only for us to build the girls up but basically break these biases in the beginning because it also it is a struggle for for boys as well like to to fulfill this these stereotypes constantly of your boys don't cry and 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 you have to be smart and strong and yeah capable and capable and everything and that's also a big pressure and it's and you can't play with dolls because then you're weak and also you're gay and and everything else that hard-earned men don't enjoy and that's unfortunately even though we have 2019 that's more often a thing than not Mm-hmm. The reaction for the Gillette ad, like, I think this underline what we're saying right now, <laughs> because it's just people around men also do have a lot of issues. So it's important to break these biases up right at the start and not only for girls, but also for boys. Yeah. Like, let's have a segue here and talk about that Gillette ad for a minute, Monica. We can do that. We shared it on our Facebook page. And we've been talking about it with some people on Twitter. And I personally, I think that that the Gillette ad is brilliant. Like, I think that it's addressing a problem in our society in a really strong and good way. Like, it, it's, it's not shaming anybody. I it's agree. Not, it's not saying, like, you're a bad and horrible person because these are the behaviors that you've been conditioned to have. Yeah. But there's a way to be better. I do actually think that this ad is a super empowering ad. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel the way they did the ad was not... Um, it was 
the way the thing they portrayed the issues like for example when when you see all the men standing at the barbecue where everybody says boys will be boys will be boys will be boys mm -hmm. i think the way they did it was not that it seemed like something that you are doing this wrong mm -hmm. but it was portrayed so smoothly and so 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 sensibly that they that you wouldn't I, I mean i wouldn't feel personally addressed if i saw that ad but it was like it they they they, they transferred the power of of the group so well in that ad i think that that, that i think you see that it's not something that you as a person do wrong but we as a society have to change and i think they did it really well to transfer that in the ad but apparently a lot of people really didn't get it <laughs> yeah or felt personally offended by it even though i neither think that it's it is not a, pointing the finger on men saying you are idiots you have to change that or or you personally are assets and you have to do everything differently now it's just a we can change Small things can change a society. Small steps can make it change. And I didn't ever feel like this was a personal offense or a personal attack against all men in the world. No, I think it was more just a, not necessarily a gentle nudge, but a, a reminder for everyone to check their behavior and see how they are doing, how they're stacking up to in, in, yeah. in this world and in, in the current societal society and i agree i think they picked a lot of small things that you will usually not think about over dramatize them in the ads to make it more visible that that's a problem mm -hmm. and i think that's really like nice handiwork in advertising <laughs> yeah <laughs> like for a short amount of time they brought a lot of things across yeah definitely like ads can be some of the most powerful forms of media like i know they are marketing but I've seen so many ads over the years that have addressed social issues and made me question things that I'm doing. Yeah. And like, there's one in particular that I think it was a, a banking ad about Asian traditions of red envelopes and like getting money on your birthday. Mm -hmm. And every time I see it, it's about being kind to others. Mm -hmm. And I cry because it just, it touches something like deep in my soul mm -hmm. and it makes me examine like, how have I been kind to others lately? Yeah, there is. Now that you mentioned that there has been an ad from basically my bank, which I'm <laughs> super proud of. Um, they do a really good job with their ads at the moment. And that also went viral on social media. So I saw people from, I don't know where, share that ad. Mm -hmm. It was a, um, a 3D animation with a hedgehog. Oh, I didn't never see Where that. they were all at the part, like it was also really um, about being kind to others. Like there was a hedgehog and there were a lot of other animals and, and they were went to school together and everybody seemed, and the hedgehog seemed like an, like nobody liked him and everybody was mean to him because he had these spikes and everything and he hurt other people, but he didn't want to and stuff like that. And then in the end, they gave him a present um, where they had some things that he can put on his spikes that he's not hurting other people. And then they all hugged him. Mm -hmm. And it was also a really 
don't bully be nice to people advertising so ads do tell things and ads maybe they should not maybe a razor company shouldn't be there to educate people but why not first of all why not second of all stuff like this we 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 get constant shit constantly all the time from advertising so it's a good way for once <laughs> that someone like one that a company stepped up and did something um for the greater good mm-hmm. because it's not about your assholes you men just try to be, be try to be a better person that's what the ad says yeah and i don't think it's about stereotyping men in general but it's about questioning what has happened in the past and that the past is the past and you define your future. Mm-hmm. So I do really like it. And when I looked at the video and I saw that it had so many dislikes on YouTube, I was so confused. I was watching it and I was really resonating with it. Or it really resonated with me. And then I saw that it had way more dislikes than likes. And I was like, did I miss something here? Why does everybody hate this ad? Is there something wrong and I don't get it right now? But then I realized that people are just assholes sometimes. Yeah, it's the, the people that are complaining are the ones that aren't examining their behavior to see if they're maybe who the ad is supposed to be targeting. If I don't, I can only be triggered by things that I have, like... If they concern me, mm-hmm. if I'm, if it's not my problem, then why should I be triggered? Yeah. And as I said, I do think at like television, like regular televisions that belong to the government, like we have this television company that belongs to the Austrian state kind of. So there are two channels. They do have the ad to educate. So television is there to educate not the private channels they shouldn't or they don't have that um they don't they they don't have it in their mission statement that they're here to educate also they don't get money from the government but money gives government to our tv channels so that they can also educate people Mm -hmm. so that's why like tv is there is part of education of the of the system people and kids watch more tv now than they ever did Mm-hmm. and they're more online now than they ever were before and it's you cannot say that education is only for schools anymore because that's not how it is and no, education's everywhere and yeah. every opportunity should be taken to educate yeah that's so that's more. also why i'm like yeah that's why also companies now do it yes it's yes it's a private company yes it's probably questionable but also why the fuck not yeah yeah like I don't think that there's anything else that we can say about about that because well I don't I think we've really touched on everything there that mm-hmm. is important so we like it yeah we approve of it <laughs> we are fans we are Gillette fans I'm gonna buy your razors I'm not because I don't do razors anymore I bought like a stainless steel reusable thing but as, as a company yeah thumbs up thumbs up thumbs up so another story that I really liked. Um, is not necessarily a geeky story, but it is about women's empowerment. And when I first saw this coming onto my social media feed, I was blown away. I actually, as I was looking through the pictures, I was I was crying. Like I had tears come into my eyes, and I had this real, like, profound sense of pride Aww. in these women. So 
what I'm talking about is millions of women in India join hands to form a 385-mile wall of protest. Mm-hmm. You were right. 385 miles. That's a lot of... That's long. That's, <laughs> a, that's long. That's long. Honestly, I'm seriously... And before you posted this, I didn't, didn't even hear about this. I, I heard about this and I saw quite a few people sharing it. And it's amazing. Like there is, and there has been, okay, I don't want to get into the politics of, of India and and like women's equality in India because I don't think that that's our place, especially as a geek girl podcast. Mm. But as a brief background, there is an inequality in India. And it's uh, violence against women is high and it's almost passed over. Like it's it women haven't had a very easy time in India and it's changing, which is fantastic. And this 385 mile long protest took weeks and 176 different organizations across the country to organize and coordinate and women of all ages and shapes and sizes came out to create awareness about gender equality and hold hands and stand strong and say you know what men folk of india enough is enough we exist we're here please stop treating us the way you do mm. wasn't it also because of the that the the law so India apparently passed a law where women could go to the temple. Is it temple? Yeah, Hindu temples. To the when they're on the periods, so they weren't allowed to go to visit the temples while they're on the periods, and they passed a law that that's allowed now. But apparently, there has still been riots that the women still couldn't visit those temples. Mm -hmm. So I think that was the initiator also of this um wall of protest yeah well what do they call it women's wall i think women's wall Hang on. yes women's wall and they had a separate indian hashtag as well but my indian is not very good <laughs> there, there was a quote in the article that i really liked and it was social change doesn't happen in a day it needs mm -hmm. time but with these small steps we've made it easier for the next generation to embrace it in this way, the wall of women marks a new dawn for feminism in India. I do love that. I love that. I was looking through the through the article that you posted, um, and then they, they they shared some tweets as well because obviously it was um, like trending on social media, especially in India. And I saw one which I found so cute was where um, a daughter posted, I think, a picture or just a tweet of saying. Um, my mother came back from the women's wall after three hours, exhausted, and her dad made her tea. Small steps, small steps. And I'm like, that's so nice. That is nice. Sometimes it is just about, I mean, that's definitely not a small step, creating a 385 mile long um, uh, wall of humans. <laughs> that's like even... The logistics of that blows my mind. Like that's amazing. Just imagine these women holding hands in between towns and along little country roads. Yeah. And it, oh, 
it uh, blows my mind and I love it so much. I just <laughs> love this story. And it is apparently also organized like public transport for women to get there and everything. That's yeah. like hardcore logistics going on there. So that's really amazing. Yeah. I think it's, we in our, you in the UK, me in Austria, we in our Western countries, I think we often forget that on the one hand, other countries are not where we are, mm -hmm. but also it's not, especially when it comes to women's rights. And also, I think a lot of people forget that it hasn't been long, that it's been like that for us. Like when my mother got my brother, and that's not like, it, there is an actual relation there. Um, she had to ask her father and my dad if she could work again. Like she had need to get permission. And also we had laws in, a, in, in our country where only in 89 that they changed it at a single mother. So when you were a single mother before that, um, then automatically the government had the right over your kid. So that only changed in 89. So I'm like, that's like, I was already five years old back then. Mm -hmm. So if my mother would have been, would have gotten a divorce and my dad would probably have gotten the rights for me, <laughs> like to, to care for me. And I'm like, that's not that long ago, people. It's not as if we can all pat ourselves on the shoulder and say we've come so far. Yes, we did come quite far, but also there is still a long way to go. And also there are a lot of other countries where it's so far, still takes so much time to get people to where they need to be. Mm -hmm. And that's why we need to talk about this. Yeah, definitely. We so I have absolutely no segue to our next article. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking, how do we get there now? <laughs> um, but uh, sure, we can try. So women's empowerment isn't just making a wall through India. Women's empowerment is also about our sex lives. And it's about our personal sex lives. I do or sex have... life shared with our partner with our personal devices. <laughs> What did you just say? I don't know. Okay, so... <laughs> it started out really well, but then it ended weird. Yeah, sorry, I, I, I went weird. Anyways, I tried really hard with that segue. But this toy, it's about a startup company who creates women's vibrators, basically. Is it, it a vibrator, though? I think it it's this, it's a magic tool of magicness. A magic tool of magicness? <laughs> I do, because when I read the article, apparently it's something that you don't need your hands for, and it's something that treats, that, that or the only product that... Um, it provides a blended orgasm. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I didn't know how I should get there now. <laughs> well, well, we just got to say it like it is. This is a news story. <laughs> So this um, personal massager works by um, stimulating two different ways that a woman, a woman can have an orgasm, both internally and clitorally. And this amazing, wonderful invention for women's sexual empowerment. <laughs> I love how you sound like an advertising right now. <laughs> well, you know, I'm all about sexual empowerment, so yeah. I'll, I'll advertise for them. So this... Personal massager known as Osei was 
selected by the CES Innovation Awards, that's the Consumer Electronics Show Innovation Awards, as an honoree in the robotics and drone category. <laughs> I like that it's in the robotics and drone category. Maybe it's a can you random. Fly. <laughs> yeah. Or you can make you fly. Woohoo. <laughs> Probably would, yeah. So she receives this award, Laura DiCarlo, who is the founder of the startup. She was um, told that they were rescinding the award because it went against their their rules. Basically, it was deemed to be immoral, obscene, indecent, profane, and not keeping with the organization's image. So it's therefore disqualified. But they did nominate it in the first place. So that's the whole issue about it. So they nominated it in the first place. They were told they're going to get an award. But then before they were going to get the award, they didn't get it because they noticed or they considered it then as violating against their rules. Which, like, if you're going to nominate a, for lack of a better term right now, a vibrator, like, you know what the purpose of that is, right? Like, it basically is obvious. And it would have been in the paperwork. And the application form. And, you know, it's not like anybody was hiding the fact that women's sexual empowerment and vaginas and any, like, that was, you know, what this product was about. The problem also is that not only must they have known before what it is about because it was nominated and, I mean, people read applications and shit, but also in the past, the same organization authorized the launch of a sex doll for men and other sex toys. And they always welcome a re- recurring VR porn exhibit that lets folks view erotica while consumers wander by. So that makes it like super double standard because men get their sex toys and we don't get our holy grail of orgasms. Yeah. Like that's just like gender bias, sexual inequality, and like pushing women's sexual empowerment right out of the way, whereas men can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Yeah. So this this story, like, yes, it's about sex. Yes, it's about sexual empowerment. And yes, it's about a vibrator. But it's also like, to have the skills to create this, you've got to be some smart. You've got to be some smart. And I honestly, it says you don't need your hands. <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure we all know what Monica's doing after the episode. What are you <laughs> trying to figure out how to get this for herself? I don't just. It's okay, Monica, buy me one too. <laughs> I don't even know how to respond to this right now. <laughs> but like, Seriously, how can this work? I want to know the mechanics now. The geek in me wants to see the the functionality now. Well, you've seen the picture of it. It's on the, the article. Yeah, but how can this? I, that's what I'm thinking. I'm looking at the picture and wondering, how do you not need hands for this? Well, because the one bit goes inside and then the other bit sits along the outside. And then what? Yeah. So it's like inside targeting the G-spot and outside targeting the clitoris. And <laughs> I don't know how much we can keep in this episode now. <laughs> well, we're going like NSFW for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can't even say I watch a YouTube video for this because it's probably a bit difficult. But um, 
just thought this was a pretty controversial, interesting article to bring up. I don't, we just came across it by accident, which was also pretty hilarious, to be honest. Yeah. But it's, I think I think you sent it to me like laughing, didn't you? Like I did, like because I was looking for something entirely different. And that was the first article that came up on Google, and I'm like, "What the actual fuck is going on right now?" And then I read it, and I was like, "Holy shit, this is totally this is actually was something for geek girls in the news." And I'm like, "Yeah, oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah." Generally, sexual female sexual empowerment is just as important as male sexual empowerment. So mm-hmm. don't. These are holy grails of orgasms. Yeah, no. <laughs> we want them. Mm-hmm. And um, that, there is just no segue to the next article here. We're going right into the video game world, the video game realm, to Mortal Kombat 11. So, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I have played Mortal Kombat on and off for years. Like, I think that there's been a few, uh, few iterations that I have played on... Uh, just over the years. And now we've got the powerhouse who is Rhonda Rusi going to be voicing Sonya Blade, who is a recurring awesome badass character throughout the Mortal Kombat series. I really don't cannot say a lot to that to be honest. I've never played Mortal Kombat. Okay. Well, Mortal it's kind Kombat. Of like Tekken? It's it's like Tekken. Um it's a like a fighting game basically. So you've I never figured out the controllers. To well, like, do you need to in those kind of games? You just hit the buttons and hope the other person dies? Yeah, that's what I do. I was a but- button masher, but I know that there is some actual technique and there are yeah. combos that you can learn. Um, I but <laughs> but it's pretty cool that Ronda Rousey has, has landed this role, basically, and... Like she did not only voiceover work, but she did motion capture as well, which means that her actual movements are going to be in this game. And that's cool. And in case you don't know who Ronda Rousey is, she's in WWE. Yeah, she's the current Raw Women's Champion, which is cool. For our WWE nerds out there. Hi, Sunny. Yeah. <laughs> and Pia, maybe. When and she Pia, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Pretty cool. I saw some pictures. It doesn't wear a lot of clothes, though. A lot of no. I mean, sure, none of the ones in Mortal Kombat really wear that many clothing. So I think it's just about time to wrap up this show. But we have one more article submitted by Tom. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Tom. Uh, As always, sending us in the interesting articles. So this one is Leslie Jones slams the new Ghostbusters film. It's like something Trump would do. So Monica, tell us about this one. Okay, so apparently it was announced by the person who... It was announced that a new Ghostbusters film will come out by the son of the guy who directed or produced something, um, the first Ghostbusters movies. Back in the 80s. Back in the 80s. And um, Leslie Jones is the actress who was part of the all-female reboot in 2016 so apparently now she's super mad because it seems as if um they were ignoring the 2016 i don't i'm not even i don't even want to call it sequel but it it wasn't a sequel it was like a a total standalone movie right yeah but it was from what i hear i'll I'll be honest i haven't seen the film Uh, but from what i hear it is basically scene for scene the exact same movie except just done with 
female characters. I just thought that it's probably not, like it wasn't received too greatly as well. But <coughs> what reviews that were good said that it had like overarching themes of female friendship and teams and empowerment in that way. I don't know if that's something that you want in a Ghostbusters movie. I don't know either. But the thing is that she was really, like, the actress actress was super mega upset with that issue. Mm-hmm. And I get it. It's like, why go to the trouble of filming a Ghostbusters in 2016, like 30 years after the original, and then kind of completely ignoring it and then doing something else? <clears throat> I have so many questions, basically, like so many question marks in my head. First of all, even though it's the son of the original guy, it's not the same guy. Mm-hmm. Like number one. Number two, who did make the, the, the 2016 movie the same guy? No, I think it was a different guy. Okay, so it was a different guy. So now we're blaming a guy who didn't make the first two movies. Um, a guy who didn't make the movie I'm in for not for making a movie, even though the other move three movies weren't besides the topic of Ghostbusters, not related to each other at all. Mm-hmm. And from what I read then, because I then like I read this article and I was like, that's really like I don't confusion have I am confused. So that's why I looked further and I found an article on the Mary Sue who said the next movie is going to be a movie with teenagers and it's going to be two boys and two girls. So now I'm like, this whole anger doesn't have nothing to do with the movie now because it's an entirely different movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's a movie with teenagers and it's two boys and two girls, which is already an improvement from four guys. Yeah. One could say it's also an improvement from four girls because it's showing four characters on equal footing. Yeah, that and apparently they share like there is a main cast and one is a one is a boy and one is the girl. So it's like nice equal split. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how they're going to make it then when, when it's coming out. But also if the, I mean, I would get it, right? Her, the, the, the fact that she's so super upset if her... If their movie would have been part, like a part of a trilogy, and someone totally blanked me out on that one, Mm -hmm. and if the movie that will come after will be in somehow somehow related to whatever movie was before, but it seems to me that none of that, none of it is the case, really. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be her issue. She feels like that is her her contribution has just been ignored basically. And what was it that she said in terms? So I'm just pulling up the, she tweeted actually. She said, so insulting, like fuck us. We didn't count. It's like something Trump would do. Gotta redo Ghostbusters. Better with men will be huge. Those women ain't Ghostbusters. Ugh, so annoying, such a dick move. And I don't give a fuck. I'm saying something. She's really upset. Yeah. She did tag Melissa McCarthy and Wrightman, but none of them said anything. No. I can understand her upset, but at the same time, I I don't know. I'm just like, can we get over Ghostbusters? I agree (laughs) with the Mary Sue article. Like, I never watched Ghostbusters in the 80s, and I haven't seen the reboot. And I have seen Ghostbusters now, and I'm just like, okay. 
it's no back to the future. That you is know, it, it doesn't have that longevity for me. I'm like, can we do something new? I feel, I don't know why. If you, now that you compare it to back to the future, I don't feel that this entire ghosty theme that they had going on still works now. And I can't tell you why it feels like this. It was super special because I do recall the movies a bit when I was smaller and I watched them for a bit and I recall Slimer and everything. And I know that I watched the animation, like the, the comic stuff, mm-hmm. but also ghost movies and things with ghosts, not really hitting home anymore, is it? No. Like, not like this, like capturing ghosts and... I mean, they, they use them for horror, but but they don't... doesn't feel attractive in the Ghostbusters kind of way. Whereas time travel is always interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. What What do you think, listeners? Is this an overreaction? Is this justified? Just what, what do you think about this? Yeah, maybe we missed something. Let us know if we missed something because still not sure if I got it all. Yeah. But it's interesting because I feel there is a lot of emotions coming up because especially when you compare someone to Trump, that's like that's like my last resort if I'm so mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I would be like I just I'm just not sure if it deserves that sort of anger. Yeah. That's a lot of anger. But that's all we've got today. Yeah. If you have any other articles coming up for February, just hit us up. Yeah. Where to find us? Yeah, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Geek Herring. At our website, geekherring.com. And over on Patreon at Geek Herring. Amazing. So the news was interesting this week, and we will see you next week with another awesome episode of Geek Herring. Thank you so much for joining us. And see you soon. See you soon. Cool. Cool. If you like this episode of Geek Herring, why not leave us an iTunes review? You can also find us on social at Geek Herring and over on geekherring.com. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at dragonpoweredstudio.com. Thank <laughs> you.